this is Top Quality Faith Ministries podcast, a multicultural global church mandated by God the Father to love and to serve as an instrument of the body of Christ. This is the house where God builds top quality faith in his people. Wherever you are listening from, we pray that you are blessed by today's message. This call is being recorded. You know, uh, as first of all, good evening, good afternoon, everyone. You know, uh, I was getting ready just to jump in, but, um, you know, as I look at the Word of God and I pay attention to Scripture, and, you know, one thing I recognize that I don't know if any of you guys picked up in the Scripture, Jesus did not rely upon his total power. He was able to restrain his power in order to stay in alignment with what his father had for him to do. And so it shows that he had restraint. So he didn't go about just doing any old thing because he had power. And I think that's where we have to recognize as we begin to look at these scriptures and understand what God is speaking. Last week we talked about power and the power of words, the power and authority that we operate under. And so today we're visiting back in the book uh, uh, John, and we're at John 4, where we're talking once again in regards to the tempter being, uh, Jesus being tempted by Satan. But I really wanted to stop to make sure that we all had a clear understanding of what the message was about. And now we need to begin to look and dive in and understanding that we are going to be tempted and we're going to be tempted even so, such as Jesus uh, was tempted, but we have full power and authority to overcome in all areas. We have to choose to walk in that power and authority. And so, Paul, if you can pray us in. Father God, we come to you humble before your throne, giving thanks and gratitude for your blessing, your love, and your grace for today, throughout this day and this evening. We thank you, Father God, for blessing our family, our loved ones, those that are in, in, in the hospital, and those that are recovering, and those that are just in need of your grace and your mercy, Father God. And as we embark upon Bible study tonight, let it strengthen us through and through. And though we may grow differently as the roots of a tree planted near a body of water, it's only by your, by your word that fortifies us and nourishes us and guides us, Father God. May you anoint the pastor and all the participants tonight in Bible study that we all stay encouraged and stay in grace. In Jesus' name, amen. And so, what I ask you guys, if you guys can recall, what did you recall about Jesus being tempted? Can some of you guys share what you were able to discern as the Holy Spirit shared off the word with us?
We're in John 4. Looking for involvement. Come on, you guys. What did you learn? Are we in John Four last week? Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. John Four on Sunday. Oh, I'm on Friday. No, on John Four on Sunday. Friday. Mm -hmm. So we know that they work through our lust and our temptation. Somebody's phone. That Satan works through our lust and our lust, and he uses that in ways to basically tempt us and cause us to fall short. We a lot of times don't even know that we are being tempted. And we're being tempted by the things in which we sometimes utter to ourselves and we don't even realize that we are in that place where we're saying something. Say, for instance, that we have a form of hard times and we literally say in a place of hard times something that's relatively on our heart and he's going to tempt us with whatever it is that we're constantly saying. So it's so important that we maintain and we watch over our eye, ears, and mouth gates to ensure that we are in alignment with the spirit and we are doing things in according to what God commands and not being in that place where we have earthly desires that mislead us and cause the enemy to set us at, uh, at bay with our lower as a result of the things that we are challenged by. Again, looking for participation. So are you referencing this past Sunday's message or are you talking about what we did last Friday with Lazarus? Nope, this past Sunday's message. This is what you tempted on the mountains. Yeah. Not John. Luke. Well, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if we go to John. Yeah. We're, we're really talking about temptations. Remember we talked about temptations? You got a phone? Don't remember Sunday's message? Where were you? God, that's not all of you guys went to sleep? Well, if you're talking about um, <laughs> what did the Lord do? So that he would, I mean, he didn't do he just wanted to be the, not sinning by you can't talk because you haven't you you wasn't there so this, I'm talking about all the other yeah so you can't even talk okay you have to listen they have to uh, what I remember in part uh, what temptation looks like instead of tying the temptations that are on us we you I can put it this way. You paralleled it with what Jesus went through in his fasting for 40 days. And you said, 
can you imagine going that long? In, in other words, you were, he was in starvation after 40 days. Uh, that was okay. his part of his uh, temptation, and you equated it with his, his fasting. Well, you guys are aware that the Holy Spirit leads us into a season of wilderness and a season of green pastures, right? That means there's sometimes we're going through places where there is wilderness, and then sometimes we're going through lush, vibrant, beautiful places until we have no care in the world. And I think many of us know what that feels like because we're looking like, okay, when is the, when things are everything going to fall apart? It becomes a, such a comfortable place that God has led us in that we are afraid because we know that something is coming on the other side. But it is a place of rest that God leads us into. So we're not always in that place where you're constantly in an uproar that you always have torment or torture going on in your life. Mm -hmm. You shall. He says, say that again. You shall. Because that's really my temptation is the sexual temptation. I'm just, I'm so tired of that. I think Persis was Persis, could you hear Takia? I think she was about to say something. Oh, no, I can hear Takia. No, I was, I was going to ask a question, but if you were talking, go ahead. Sorry. No, no, I didn't have anything else to say. No, I think for me since Sunday, what I've kind of just been vacillating in, um, and I'm pretty sure most of us too, is really the difference between lust and then the desires of our heart. And like, where do the two separate? Do they merge? Because sometimes I really can't tell the difference, just to be honest. Okay, so when you begin to look at lust, and what did you say the other one? The desires of your heart. Okay, so when I look at lust, it's something that pulls and tugs. Did you hear what I'm saying? It's something that pulls me outside of my comfort zone. It tugs on me. Mm. And desire of my heart. Like a lure. It, exactly. It pulls. It tells you. It speaks to you. It's constantly speaking to you. But the desires of your heart. They are, they come in the moment. They don't always come in the same sense. It's like, it's like certain situations will arise and it will cause that, cause that to come forward. Like the spirit of lust, I've known when I've dealt with that spirit, it comes when you're by yourself. And everybody is no, nobody's around. Then it starts tugging on you. And as it begins to tug on you, it begins to remind you of certain things. And, and in that, when it starts speaking, if you shut it down then, it will never rise up in affection. It's the key here. you got to shut it down when it comes. That's not who I am. That's not what I'm indulged in. That's not something I agree with. I'm going to trust the Lord in this area. When you make these types of confession, and I think a lot of times when you're looking at how we're being tempted, 
We think we have to have fabulous words to overcome. And sometimes it's just speaking in the moment. But you're speaking in the moment and you're holding fast to your authority. Did I say that right, Father? He said, but it's also you knowing who I am and your ability to call on me in the midst of your situation and trust that I'm going to rescue you in that place. Now, he shows me the desires of my heart. That comes from a different point in my vessel. It, it's not even, it doesn't even come from the same point in my vessel. So that means lust comes up here in my head. But the desires of my heart are manifested in my heart. So they come out of a different space. They come out of a different area within me. And it's just like, oh, Lord, I want to do that. Exactly. <laughs> it comes from a different place. It comes from a, a, the center core of you. It doesn't come from up here in your head space because lustful desires and all the other things that causes you to shift comes from up here. And then the other stuff that has to do with the desires of your heart and where you can tell God to place it on the inside of you. Some of these things, like I yearn for, you know, I remember God telling me years ago, you're going to get a bigger home. And in that, it, it would rise in the center of my heart. It didn't rise in my head space. It came from the center of my heart. And I found myself constantly focusing on it, but it was a faith-based focus. He said, you must learn to discern the differences. Mm -hmm. And you have to know your, your, your vessel. And you have to be in tune with your vessel. And the main reason why I'm saying know your vessel and be in tune with your vessel, because God speaks in different ways in your vessel. He doesn't always speak the same way. And so a desire of your heart comes from your heart, but it doesn't come out the same way. You can tell where there's a lustful desire versus a strong desire that God has put in. A lustful desire will always measure it against something you think. You see. Okay? A lustful desire, perfect. I get a car, I see a car. Oh, my God. Oh, wow. That, that's a better car. Oh, gosh, I should have got that car. It, it, it's something I've seen, and, and, and it pulls on me based on what I see. There go that car again. Oh, there go that nice car again. Oh, wow, look at it. That 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 is something that's setting in place for a lustful desire. Where on the other side, God will bring to your remembrance, which is how would I say it's a tracker. I, I look at it as a tracker. And the main reason I call it a tracker, because it's like when he's pushing you to something that you're going to come into, it becomes like a tracker. And how do I know it's a tracker? 
feel on the inside of me change already. I know something's about to change, but I can't tell you what it is. I feel it. I sense it. I can't put my hand on it, but I know it's there. And because I know it's there, I am not in the position to whereby I can then begin to exalt it. I just know something's there. Okay. If people can't get the door, you don't want to go to the It just looked like somebody out there. No. Okay. Okay, sorry, you guys. But to understand, mm. it's a different pool. It's a different way of looking at it. It's a different way even how it, it begins to rest in your vessel. And so that's when God basically says, you know, he talks about members. And he talks about the members of your body. And, and, and to be able to understand the members is to be in tune with your vessel. Okay, because sometimes our members act up and act out. And unbeknown to us, we get entangled in things. And as we get entangled with things, you got to begin to really assess what is the heart saying? What is the heart really saying? You know, because a lot of times when we begin to look at the heart, the heart speaks all good things and bad things. But you have to really examine what's coming. Why is this coming out of me? Why did I say that? Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, uh, I know we're off topic, but I know it's like when I'm frustrated and I'm frustrated and I can't fix the frustration on the inside of me. My old man would say, oh, gosh, if I couldn't sleep it away, I, I-, I just hated myself for it. I would say, I hate you. I hate this. I hate this. I was literally saying how much I hated it because I couldn't fix it. And when something has a control over me and I cannot fix it, my my MO has said, I hate it. I hate me. Because I hate that this actual thing that I'm going through exists in me and I don't know how to fix it. So I hate this particular part of me. And what I found as I was going through it, I would cry out and I would say certain things negative about myself and the Holy Spirit one day caught me and he literally said, can't control everything. (laughs) And then he said, and everything is not going to be favorable for you. Mm -hmm. He said, but you must trust me anyway. He said, no matter how it looks and feels. He said, I shall see you through. But he said, but I cannot always promise that it's going to work out your way. Mm -hmm. But nor can I guarantee you that you're going to feel good about some of the decisions I'm going to make for you. But my love for you never changed. And he says, and in this place where 
things are not going to work out. All I want to know is at the end of the day, will you still love me? Mm-hmm. And my response is, yes, Lord, I will. Mm-hmm. So what he was literally saying to me, I needed to get used to not having my way. But he was telling me I needed to get used to things not going according to my plan. I needed to get used to things falling apart, and I have no ability to control them. And in that place, it didn't mean that something was wrong with me. It just meant this is how things are to go. Mm -hmm. So I cannot hate me because it didn't go my way. I cannot be mad in the situation because it wasn't favorable for me. the life that I walk. And because I understand the life that I walk, I'm not looking for the green pasture at all times because I know it's not going to be there. And I have gone to come to a place to accept it. At one point of time, I'm revealing myself, you guys, at one point of time, I was angry, beyond angry at God. And the main reason why I was angry at God, it was the very fact I had this man. And I went and searched out every man I could possibly find to save Glenn. And it didn't turn out favorable. At one point, it was everything I expected. Glenn had got all involved with Christ, and everything was as I thought it was going to go. And every morning I would get up and say, drink your milk, have your coffee, if you understand. Take in the word, do what God says, pray today, make sure on your journey you do all of this. Oh, I'm checking in to make sure you're doing this. I had no clue that eventually he would say enough of that. That's your thing. That's not mine. And then I turned to Rod and I asked, Lord, how could this be? How could somebody turn and go an opposite way? And here, fix this. The pastor was at my house. Pastor Nana and Pastor Arnold was at my house, looked like every other week, because I would call them and they would come over because they cared that much for me. And they would be sitting in the front of the house and Glenn would swear up and down that he would do right. And then time they left off the door, he said, so you called him again? I thought I was doing a good job. And so in the midst of all of this, I stopped calling them because I recognized that there was no way of getting help. I tried everybody that was in my circle and outside of my circle, and it didn't work. Mm-hmm. So who did I blame? God. I asked him, but I asked him to fit. I prayed for hours on time. I sit there and I worship. I did everything that I was required to do. I got changed. He didn't. This is unfair, Lord. I'm praying for him and you're changing me. And what he was putting me in a position to not be bothered by it. Mm-hmm. Not to allow this to 
to trouble my heart, to be able to pick up my life and move on, even if he stayed in the same place. Mm. So do you think the struggle still exists today? By all means, they're all still there. Every single thing that I see is there. The same bad behavior and all the stuff that I've been accustomed to for 36 years is still there. But how I respond to it is different. I understand you have a moment. Let me give you your moment. Before, I would be fighting with everything that's on the inside of me. If I could, I would beat them down to the ground because that's the way my mind was. And so I would cut him apart with my mouth. Now I'm just like, okay, you got a moment. Go ahead. Have your moment. I'm okay. I'll come back another day. Because I've learned that I can't fix him. And only God can fix him, but we have to want to be fixed. Mm-hmm. And so I can't make somebody change that doesn't want to change. I'm only responsible for me. So when I, when you say the issues and desires of your heart, precious, mm-hmm. I literally say we have to be very careful how we present that outwardly because that's how the enemy uses it against us. And so that's why you get the entanglement to whereby you can't tell a desire versus a frustration versus just a need that you want or something you want. Mm-hmm. He them because he takes it and he twists it to cause you to work against God. And I had the simplest desire. All I wanted was peace in my household. I didn't ask for millions. I didn't ask for treasures or anything. I just wanted Glenn to be okay. So that everybody can come to the dinner table and eat. I have a simple request. I would even make the food because I wanted them to come to the dinner table to eat. But then that didn't even work. They came to the dinner table and ate, and then I recognized they would only be there to eat, and then they got up and walked away because nobody would communicate. And so where my desire was grown at, I looked at somebody else's life and said, ah, that's the way society's supposed to be. Everybody's supposed to be sitting at the dinner table and eating food. That wasn't the way it worked in my household. And the way they came to the table, I had to be okay with. And the way we conversated, I had to be okay with. I wanted that. I prayed for that. That was the desire I had. But I didn't get that. We had another way of coming to the table. Our table was we would all sit there and watch Disney movies together. And I didn't realize that was my table. So what what things look like in one person's life will never look like that. And so we need to come to grips and be in a place where we trust God despite what's going on in our life. But we cannot take a back seat and become cowards in our own life. That was one thing he made sure that I understood. 
you're going to fight this. But I thought all this time I was fighting to save Glenn, and I didn't realize I was fighting to save Kathy. We fight to save ourselves. We fight to save, but I thought I was saving Glenn. I was praying for Glenn left and right, but Kathy was being changed. Mm -hmm. So your desire to save Glenn, is that considered lust? Say that again? Your desire of everything you just mentioned that has been going on for years, but God says to be okay with it. Is that a desire of the heart or is that considered a lust because it's after a, what you've seen? Mm. It's, it's lust because it was after what I thought was supposed to be. Mm -hmm. it, it, was a, it was in my mind something I thought everybody was supposed to have. <clears throat> and in my household, that's not what God brought forth. You know, uh, I'll say even I've been over your house, Amanda, and I've watched you guys all come to the table and sit down and eat, and that's like, oh, this is nice. This is exciting. Do you hear what I'm saying? Because that's something I wanted. But where did I get that concept from? Mm -hmm. Brady Bunch. The Brady Bunch. Yeah. I got it from Brady Bunch. I got it for early morning Lucy show because they only ate breakfast together, remember? Yeah. Okay, I got it from all the TV shows that was there, and I thought that's what it was. Okay? I got it from Dennis the Menace and all the other people that you watched in the earlier life, and these were the things I thought was supposed to be. And I and I I fought to get what I desired, and God literally said, "That's not how it works in this household." Sure, and I think a lot of us. Yeah. Go ahead. I was saying your your desire for, your desire for your spouse to to know the Lord fully and to allow God to fully. Transform and, and take over his life is, is a real desire. Mm -hmm. But I can't want something that somebody else don't want. Mm -hmm. And so, therefore, I became a forcer. Does that make sense? Of course. I forced you to do it to where I put you in a place that you hated it. You pushed him away. Because exactly. I remember um, that I used to, when my son would come over, I would always like, just be talking to him about the Lord and be trying to, like you say, force it onto him, force it, and it would just start a debate and an argument. And, and, and I, my mom and father, it was you that told me just to leave it alone and just pray for him. You can't, like what you're saying right now, you can't change it, you know? And, the thing is all that I did, you know, when he comes, I don't mention anything about God. I don't mention about, I mean, I always tell him about blessing or whatever. But he'll call me, you know, and tell me now, you know, oh, um, pray for me. And I say, pray for me, you know, I have this going on, you know, whatever it is, you know. Um, um, Zoe has to go for this test or whatever, whatever his kids are. Uh, pray for her, you know, whatever. But I don't ever bring it up anymore. Because, right, like what you're saying, you can't change them or force them. And you go on it for them, 
but they like they ain't gonna have to want it himself because you're not gonna be able to you don't change anybody. In fact, that's a big thing like when you say, I'm gonna marry this person and I'm gonna change it, you know, because I'm gonna have and you can't you can't change people. You have to want to do that. But you would probably think that a person that knows scriptures to the extent that I know scripture. Jesus came to the Israelites, but they didn't want him. Mm-hmm. And he didn't force himself on them. And he's not going to force himself on anyone. And that's the part that I didn't get. Because I was trying to force Glenn into a position to be a pastor. To support me. To to stand alongside. And he said, God gave that to you. That's your thing. But when the world... I think husband and wife walking together. I didn't see a wife by herself, if that makes sense. So to me, I don't want this job because you didn't tell me that I would be doing it alone. And the world sees this as out of order. So why am I doing something that's out of order? And so in my heart, I didn't ask for this pastor job. I told you, let me be the prophet that walks around and talks to people and never see them again in my life. That's the best way. The man says to me now, hold on, but he says to me now, and I'll say this to you guys, but despite... What you desired, you chose to do it my way. He said, despite how it feels, because you have to understand, you got to you come up against opposition. You come up against what other people have to say about it, and I fight that a lot. Mm-hmm. He says, you still stand up and serve me. He says, I call ye faithful. So in that place, I know he calls me faithful because I'll do it even if I say no. And that's more important to me than to be concerned with somebody else choosing another path for themselves. I can't force it on them. And the way the Lord showed me, he said, everybody comes to me for a different reason. And, and people leave me for the same reason they came to me. That's the bread, right? They came from bread and they left it because of the bread. <laughs> he wasn't feeding them no more. They come to him for different reasons and they leave him for the same reason that they came to him for. Mm-hmm. And he says, and you see this throughout the scriptures. And and he literally said, so what are you going to do? He said, that's a check in the heart. So I came thinking Glenn's going to be saved in the household. And he came for a different reason. And then he left because of the reason that he came for wasn't fulfilled. 
So in that, are you going to leave too? That's what he said. What are you going to leave too? Because you're not going to get fulfillment of your desire? Please. That's what you're Hold on, there was somebody here that I needed to answer first. Yeah, Amanda. No, that's really helpful. I was just going back to you know, what Precious asked in the beginning. Yes, put that in the trash. Thank you. Um, and the scripture that says um, the word separates bone from marrow is what I'm seeing where in, even what you're describing, for example, I have a genuine desire in my heart as a mother for my children to be healthy. Now, to keep my child from ever having a cold and giving him all kinds of different vitamins and trying to control and look up how to do that so that he never gets sick again <laughs> would be would be entwined with that and being angry when it's more frequent than I think it should be. Um that that is that is the lustful desire of, of needing my control. Is that correct? Totally true. Because mm -hmm. even though you know it without a doubt that children get sick, you're, in some sense you're trying to control it. Mm -hmm. But you have to understand that he allows for it because he wants you to know in the midst of it that the child is still okay. Right. Totally, which he is. And that's why he was showing me. He allowed me to walk through it with Glenn. Because he's literally saying things are still going to be okay, even if it's chaotic. He's telling yep. me that in the midst of all this chaos, you're still going to stand. And, and, and what he said to me, you stand better in me when you're in chaos. And that is so true. I stand much better in Christ under chaos than I do when I'm in the comfortable place. Comfortable place, I then begin to start exploring stupid stuff. <laughs> but when I'm in the midst of this and I can see it, I, I'm forever so clinging to him and praising him that I'm still here. Mm -hmm. And that's when people say, well, he knows the desires of your heart. You know, he knows but that don't mean that he's going to give you the desires of your heart or all the things that you want. Because I mean, like, I think it's only fair to say, I guess that's the word that I would say that. I want my kids to go to heaven with me. I mean, I want my kids, I want my grandkids, I want everybody that I know that I love. I mean, I want, you know, to see everybody there, you know. And it will really hurt me if somebody is missing, you know, like, and I'm just like, but he's telling me right there and then, are you willing to lose me because one person doesn't accept me if they don't want to? I've given them the same opportunity to, that I've given you and everybody else. But if they don't want him, does that mean that you're going to leave me and not want to serve me no more? And that's what he's asking you. Right. And I, because yeah, he's going to—he's literally telling you, there is going to come a time when you are not going to want him. I don't want to know that. <laughs> but, but, but he's also said, but will you choose me when you don't want me? And and to pause you right there, 
because Takia had said something earlier when I asked, what is the difference between lust and the desires of one's heart? And she was like, oh, it's like a luring. As soon as she said, it's like a luring away, I immediately thought about um, like as if somebody was to be like playing a pipe and they literally like are casting you in a spell and they're literally luring you away. Lust literally lures you away slowly but surely, like a little bit at a time away from the Lord to where you're so caught up in it. If you get to that point to where, yeah, you're now like, I don't, I don't want you, God, or you're presented or in a situation where, yeah, you're mad at God or, or, or you're like, do I follow you, Lord, or do I go do my own thing? So that's what I saw when I, the difference between like the lust versus like the desires of your heart, especially that luring away. That's the part that gets scary because your control gets mixed in, in it to the point where you can't decipher really a lot of things. Mm -hmm. Alana, you're so funny. Pie Piper. Yes. <laughs> she texted me that. I have a question too. Um, and listen to you, Pastor, regarding your family. Um, so what do you do in the instance of when, so like, what is the difference when you know when to stop praying and just let the situation be in, in your family? Because what I see and how I'm seeing what's going on in my family right now, it's like, it's getting worse, if you get what I'm saying. Like, um, But can I, can I say, you never stop praying. I never stopped praying for Glenn. Okay. Okay. I never stopped praying, but I stopped praying my will. That's what I was going to say. Like, so just basically just trusting God is going to fix it, even when it seemed like okay. it's getting worse and worse. So, no, 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 no. I, 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 I don't stop praying for Glenn, but I don't pray my will. Mm -hmm. I'm not asking God to fix Glenn. Did you get it? How about asking God to, I know I get it, but how about asking God to get rid of the spirit that's in the family line? That's still no, praying I'm not will? asking God for that either. Okay. You can't ask God for that because you don't know uh, the reason why it's there and you don't know why, it, you know, what's, it's, what's the purpose of it. God may mm -hmm. say that doesn't leave, okay? Okay. He may not ever, ever take care of that. So I'm not asking God for that. I'm just making sure that at the end, whatever Glenn chooses, his soul salvation is intact. That's the only thing I can ask for. But mm -hmm. I'm not going to pray for something that I, I don't know what I should be praying unless I'm led by the Spirit. Mm -hmm. And I think the best way I can get you guys to see this, my sister-in-law, at, at one point, she, she used to be a part of this church. And I remember at one point she had a financial need long, 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 long time ago when she was going through her divorce. And, you know, I remember everybody helping out and giving her resources to get through. Uh, but she never came back and looked back after she got what she needed. And it brought me. And I began to pray, you know, like, Lord, whatever she got going on, get her back in this house, da 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 because she ain't going to be standing at my doorstep the next time something else happens. 
And I don't know what kind of prayer I was praying, but the Holy Spirit literally checked me in the midst of it. He said, stop praying for her. I don't want you to pray for her. And I said, oh, I thought I heard something wrong. And I thought it was Satan talking to me. And the Lord literally said it like this, and I'm saying, Lord, bring it back to my remembrance fully. He said, your prayers concerning her are in judgment. And you are allowing your judgment to get in my way of her redemption. Do not pray for her. And he said, instead, I need you to repent from your prayers that you have prayed over her. He said, for they have been wrong because they've been full of your desire and not mine. Like, that's, you know, that's like um, when we're, what you're saying right now is like when you're saying that you want God's will in your life and not your will. Because a lot of times when we're praying for our family, Peter, or we're praying for our, our loved one, our husband, or we'll, before you go there, God asked you, did that make sense to you, Rashida? Um, it makes sense to me. I just, but let yeah. me, let me say something else. Let me say something else because I know you guys keep having attacks on your family mm-hmm. and, and the attacks continue to go forward in, in, in your family. Mm-hmm. But I would pull back and I would say, Lord, deal with me that I have no involvement. Okay. That would be the most important thing because whatever is hooking you is hooking everybody else. Well, I mean, so I, I haven't said that. To, I've kind of said that, but not in that way because I, I don't want to be involved. But at the same time, I don't want what's going forth to go forth, if you get what I'm saying. Okay. But, but listen to when I said hook you. What's in me that keeps driving me to come into this conflict, because you got to deal with whatever's on the inside of you. It ain't about mm-hmm. them. It's about on what's in you. Because mm-hmm. what I learned with Glenn, it wasn't about me. I mean, him. It was about it, what was in me that was allowing him to move me. Mm-hmm. Got it. And so you have to deal. You can't <clears throat> fix the family. Mm-hmm. Okay? You cannot fix the family. Stop thinking that you guys are going to fix each other. You cannot fix it. You've been down this road. You guys have been down this road too many times. Stop trying mm-hmm. to fix each other. Okay? Understand and be okay with brokenness. And accept the brokenness. How do I get my mom to understand that? It doesn't start with mom understanding it starts with you understanding and as you walk out your life she'll see it okay 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 so that means you're not getting hooked you're not getting moved by it you're not allowing this stuff and 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 you're doing what god says love 
Mm-hmm. And, and he, he lived 70 times 7. Yep. And that means love. So that means if I know that we're all broken, and, and, and the funny part about it, God has got the greatest sense of humor. He shows me a, a record, you know, like an album. Mm-hmm. And it's broken in many pieces. But but that album symbolized something that was playing the same song over and over. And so sometimes we have to be broken in order to change. So stop trying to fight being broken. Accept the brokenness. Accept the chaos. Accept the disorder because he said you're going to have it. And learn how to live in it. <laughs> okay. If that makes sense. Learn how to live with one another in it. Because he's been giving us messages that are aligned with that. He's been mm-hmm. telling us that this stuff ain't going away. <clears throat> And we have to be okay with conflict, but we have to learn how not to be afflicted by conflict. Yeah. Okay. And at the end of the day, you can't divorce your sisters. I'm not you even sure talking can't about divorce them. your mama. I'm just saying, can't divorce <laughs> you can't divorce your cousins. Okay? <laughs> okay. Can't divorce your nephews. Okay? You can't divorce them. But you don't have to play into their game. Okay, perfect example. Yesterday I got a call from my sister. No, that was this morning. Got a call from my sister. I was like, and she says, hello, Kathy. I'm like, oh my God, she used my real name. She says, this is your sister, Janie, because she goes by her real name now. And she says, I was looking for my brother, Carl. I said, I don't know where he's at, but I can give you the number. Okay. And in my mind, I was like, God, we're so disjointed. God, we don't really know each other. I don't know who that chick is that called me, but it was my sister. Wow. And you know what I said? Janie, let me get the number for you so you'll have it. And she said, oh, no. Such so just sent it to me. I said, okay, well, I'm glad you have it. You know, have a good day. Hopefully you have, you know, hopefully everything works out. You know, a little bit of cordial, a mm-hmm. little bit of something simple. But then when I hung up, Holy Spirit said, call her and just talk about nothing. Mm. Know what he told me to do? Call her and let her praise herself regarding her home. Oh, wow. I didn't do that. <laughs> you hear me? Yeah. I didn't do that. Because <laughs> in my mind, I don't want to hear that stupid stuff. But in return, I was supposed to. Yes. Oh, my God. That just helped me with something. You just helped me with something. Oh, my gosh. Okay. Yeah, you didn't even know it, but you just helped me. we have yeah. to allow ourselves to be that mad. Wow. And we have to allow ourselves to walk in places that others can't find him. It's the laying down of our lives. It's what removes the pull in the emotional stress. And you have to understand they're going to be there. And like the Lord literally said to me, because I sought help from my sister-in-laws, both of them. 
just like I saw off help with my husband, because this family disagrees with one another, and I'm like the head of their family. I don't want to be the head of their family. I'm the one that brings everybody together. Why was I put in this chaos? He said, because I know you know how to manage chaos. Yes. <clears throat> exactly. And that's the key. So you have to learn how to live it. Yeah. So where we at, you guys? Oh, I was going to say that a lot of times when we want more, we don't think that we're putting our will, but we're putting our will when we want them to be like us, you know, like all exactly. the same church that we go to. Worship the way we worship. Because if you're doing it a different way and going and, and, and talking to the priest, oh, you're doing that wrong, you don't have to talk to the priest. You know, and we have no business telling them any of that kind of stuff. Exactly. That's why God says, let it be his will, not our will. Because our will is all wrong. Who, who told us that our will is right? The way that we're doing it is the right way. You know, it's like, but in, in our heart and in our mind, we think that that's the right way. So that's the way we're asking God, this is what we want for them, this is what we want for them, because this is the right way. You speak to me, you don't speak to them, so this is going to make them better, because this is, you're speaking to me, and I can hear you now, or whatever. And that's not what he wants. He wants us to love every single one of us the way that they are, and accept them the way that they are, and just pray for them, and, and keep them close in your heart, and close in your mind, but don't be butting in their business. <laughs> and just love them. That's what I think. It's just like when we look at this particular scripture. He said, man should not live by bread alone, but every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. And so when I began to look at that particular scripture and really understanding man should not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God, I kept looking at that. And I kept saying, man should not live by bread alone, by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. And so then I began to look at the word, every word, because Christ is the word. He is the living word. And if we all understand that he is the living word, and, and the way we know that, because John the Baptist speaks of him so clearly, he was in the beginning. And so in the beginning was the word, and the word was God. And so John the Baptist bears witness of Jesus coming, but also bears witness of who Jesus is. And so the Lord is literally in this particular passage as he's dealing with Satan and evil forces thereof. He's literally saying that the strength of everything that you desire to overcome is by you really handling the word appropriately. And he being the word, we have to learn how to handle him. And it, it, the best way of handling him, we got to stop looking at him as this beautiful sunlight 
that brings nothing but glory to all. We have to understand that he came to a world and, and the world did not know him. And the reason why he came to his own because he didn't know him, the main reason they didn't know him because they knew everything but him. I stop and I say, Lord, how do we even get to a place that you become the word in our life? Because we're we're having this conversation, and in this conversation, we have to tap in more to God. He said, if two or more are gathered, he would be in the midst. I am so confident that me, myself, and I is there. That's three people. God's in the midst of that. <laughs> this is why I hear him so clearly, because it's me, myself, and I there. And I consider us three different people because we got three different opinions, okay? Because my mind is saying, well, let's just think about this. Oh, no, let's just be nice to everybody. No, let's just be over here. Okay, because I got all these different things going on in the inside of me. I know God gonna show up. <coughs> He's the fourth person in this arena. Because me, my son, and I always got problems. <laughs> You're laughing, wow. but it works. No, I'm, no, I'm laughing because it's facts. It's facts, really, honestly. Because I'd be doing that. That's why I'm laughing like, wow, okay. Yeah, like multiple personalities. Like, okay. So, <laughs> so what are we doing today? <laughs> Literally like, okay, so part B, you do this and then C, you do Because mm, mm, mm. you know how you would sit there and have a conversation with this, I'm going to tell her this when I see her. I'm going to have it and I'm going to tell him that. And then yeah. all of a sudden you get in front of that myself and myself says, Nope. Yeah. Go in the turtle <laughs> shell. Mm -hmm. uh, oh gosh. Okay. So God gotta show up because there's other people there. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Especially that personality that be in the car. In the car, you a whole like uh -huh. oh yeah, I'm gonna oh, do yeah. this. Oh yeah. Like, I'm going, oh yeah. The shower. <laughs> Our <laughs> personality? Yeah, y'all, I'm telling you, this bears witness. You get out the car, you'd be like, uh oh. Oh, gosh. <laughs> what happens when you're like around a lot of people and you're like you're you're talking and and like and the conversation comes like, Well, I know that God loved America or the United States because we were blessed, you know, but they started taking out the the Ten Commandments out of the court, they started doing this, they started doing that and just trying to explain to somebody this kind of stuff, you know, and it was so you mean that they only love the United States or, or, or America? You're saying that they only love America, that God only loves them because the other people on the other side are, 
are starving and so that, how, how do you that's not even what you were trying to say you know, you know what I literally say to stuff like that I just told you well, you're just dumb you just plain dumb when you're talking like that <laughs> no you just said like this shoot Jesus came to this world we rejected it we rejected him you know you know that right that's what I say, people. You guys know that. We rejected him, right? Even though we think, we even say, oh, I would never deny him. I would never deny him. He even tell us sometimes, get up and pray. We deny him. I said, you know something? I'm looking after that other world because that's what I'm aiming toward. So they can do whatever they want. They can take the Bibles out. They can throw them in the street. They can burn them up or whatever because what I got on the inside of me it's going to take me upward. That's all that matters. Amen. I, I, I stop fighting conversations like that because it, it just really challenges your faith. I don't get involved in conversations like that. Oh, time to go get some water. That's what you say. You just get up and say, I'm going to go get some water. Yeah. I just get up and go have some water. Messy pool. Are you, if you ever pay attention to me when it's a dumb conversation, and y'all around me, I start looking for food. Where the food at? So that That's why you get up. No. I'm going to look for food because it don't make sense to me. So why are you arguing? You didn't have to say that. You could even say, uh, you can say, phone home. <laughs> yeah, I messed up this message. I can't see. I owe this one to you. <laughs> well, this no, that's that's not precious. That's car pressure. <laughs> <laughs> I think sometimes we try to be so much so godly that we're unreachable. The people can't even begin to take on our God. You have to find human. You have to be in a place to whereby you're not entrapped or you're not in that position to where you can't be yourself. You have to be able to be yourself because Christ cannot come out of you if you're so busy trying to defend stuff. You have to be you. You have to be you. Mm -hmm. and, and, and you know when you're not you and, and when you know you're supposed to be you. Have you ever noticed sometimes your heart start hurting in the midst of people's conversation? You're like, oh God, I got gas or something. My heart hurts. <laughs> Or whatever the case may be, God is literally saying, get out of that conversation. Mm -hmm. Or he's literally saying, get in me to help this conversation. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden you convicted, you like, I know I'm not even supposed to be laughing at this. You know, <laughs> you, you know how it feels. That point. I don't know how to withdraw. I'll be like, oh, uh-uh. I'm going to get the water. I gotta try that. You just time. gotta get up and start. <laughs> and don't come back when you go. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you saying go to the store? Don't come back when you come back. I'm sorry. I'm telling you guys, my wife. I need to be quiet. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> 
She had to go get water. No. (laughs) (laughs) Because one thing about you guys, and I don't think you guys give yourself the credit, you guys have so much wisdom. You have so much of Christ. But you've got to activate them in the things that you're dealing with. I am in a mode. And I hope you guys feel it too. That God is pushing you to be in order in your job and in the places that you're in. Because he wants to use you. Yes. He's literally telling you, get out their business. And get in mind. You got it. You feel it. Like, you sit up there talking to him. He's like, why are you wasting time talking about nothing? You can feel it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Every time I go to the to the microwave, I have a conversation. And I'm like, Lord, I know I'm supposed to be doing something. And I know if I don't do something in this space, you're going to kick me out of it. <laughs> right. Hopefully, you guys know what that means, layoff or termination, okay? Yeah. Because he, he, he won't put you where you're ineffective anymore, and he got work for you to do. So it's so important that you do your job. <clears throat> but I feel it. It's like heavy on me. 
I'm like, oh my God. And 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 I expect him to do my do do my job, but I don't want to do his job. Every month I say, Lord, get my MPS score to be where it needs to be. And he gets it where it's supposed to be and, and, and exceed. And then he's like, talk to my people. Go over there and sit down and sit next to them people and talk to them. I know I'm going to get there. So my desire of my heart is always want to win. But God says, I want to win too. Talk to them. Get in order. Stop making this about you. Okay, if you guys, I know you messed up my message, but if you guys could just bear with me because I like to take stuff like this because I sit on the couch and I have conversations with myself when I have conversations like this and I look listening to people and I talk and I say, okay, Lord, I heard what's been going on in this room. And I heard a little bit of myself and I heard a little bit of other people when I really, really want to understand, even at this juncture of the conversation, what what's really going on in this space that I need to be made aware of? What scripture would you take me to that I may be edified and not just have this crazy conversation going on? Let's go to Mark 4. Let's see what's in Mark 4. I don't know what's there, you guys. <clears throat> and I ask again, I just want to make sure that I heard this correctly. Did you just tell me to go to Mark 4? Okay, by all means. Let's look at Mark 4. See what's in Mark 4 since you guys have jacked up my message. Let's see. <laughs> <laughs> Are you starting at verse one? Oh, of course, because I don't know what's in it. Mark four. Number one. Mm-hmm. Um, the title of this is the parable of the sower. Again, Jesus began to teach by the lake. The crowd that gathered around him was so large that he got into a boat and sat in out and sat in it out on the lake while all the people were along the shore at the water's edge. He taught them many things by parables and in his teaching said, listen, a farmer went out to sow his seeds. As he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path and the birds came and ate it up. Some fell on rocky places where it did not have much soil. It sprang up quickly because the soil was shallow. But when the sun came up, the plants were scorched and they withered because they had no root. Other seed fell among thorns, which grew up and choked the plants so that they did not bear grain. Still other seed fell on good soil. It came up, grew and produced a crop, some multiplying 30, some 60, and some a hundred times. Then Jesus said, 
Whoever has ears to hear, let them hear. When he was alone, the twelve and the others around him asked him about the parables. He told them, the secret of the kingdom of God has been given to you, but to those on the outside, everything is said in parables, so that they may be ever seeing, but never perceiving, and ever hearing, but never understanding. Otherwise, they might turn and be forgiven. Then Jesus said to them, don't you understand this parable? How then will you understand any parable? The farmer sows the word. Some people are like seed along the path where the word is sown. And as soon as they hear it, Satan comes and takes away the word that was sown in them. Others like seeds sown on rocky places hear the word and at once receive it with joy. But since they have no root, they last only a short time. When trouble or persecution comes because of the word, they quickly fall away. Still others, like seeds sown, sown among thorns, hear the word, but the worries of this life and the deceitfulness of wealth and the desires for other things come in and choke the word making it unfruitful. Others like seeds sown on good soil, hear the word, accept it, and produce a crop, some 30, some 60, some 100 times that was sown. Listen to this. The, the disciples who wanted the things of God were given to know the mysteries of the kingdom. They could be spoken to them plainly, but others often talked in uh, parables. I want you guys to listen to what I just read. The disciples who wanted to know the things of God were given to know the mysteries of the kingdom. The disciples who wanted the things of God were given to know the mysteries of the kingdom. You are all disciples of the Lord, and you have been given insight to understand and to know the mysteries of the kingdom. But in understanding these mysteries, It's important that you apply them in your life. As you have all looked at these scriptures, and any of you know that this is about the soul of the man. This particular parable is about the soul of the man. And the discussions that you have been having really comes from your soul. The things that you're desiring to understand are embedded in your soul. And so the Lord says, and so I, I am reaching into the heart of each one of you and dealing with the things that reside within your soul that causes 
struggle. He says the question that arrived in this setting was not something that was unbeknown to me. He said, I took the time to educate you so that you can see how to navigate in the places that you're in. He said, although my pastor said she walks away from a lot of things, he said, you have to get into a habit of not being entangled with the things that are around you, and you have to learn to know when that if you don't walk away, it's going to impede upon your soul. He said, guard your heart. He said, so that you're no longer dealing with the issues of life. Let's find that scripture, issues of life, guard your heart. Can somebody find that? Proverbs. Proverbs Oh my God. It said, keep your heart with all diligence. Since wisdom belongs in the midst of the heart, it is also necessary to keep the heart in the sense of a uh, in and a sense of guarding it. Did you guys get that? Keep your heart with all diligence. Since wisdom belongs in the midst of the heart. So we got wisdom. And mm-hmm. the wisdom belongs in the midst of the heart. And so if we have wisdom, 
and we have all these things that's coming in to hinder the heart, then wisdom doesn't go forward in us. And so we find ourselves struggling because we have all of the issues of life coming out of it. And wisdom is not there to see us through some of the conflict and difficulties that springs up. The heart, the heart should be kept for wisdom. The heart should not be kept for the issues of life. He said, say that again. Your heart should be a place of wisdom, not the issues of life that's constantly springing up and choking off life in you. It's really choking out the wisdom. Mm-hmm. He said, you must, you must, you must, you must hear me. Wow. He says, for where I reside within you, meaning the Holy Spirit resides in the center of wisdom. Mm. That means the center of your existing. That's why when the word comes, it comes from the center of the man. And so the Lord is literally saying in that, you you are, wow, 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 wow. He said, look at it like this. He shows me a refrigerator, but he shows me the freezer. And he shows me all of this stuff packed in the freezer. But he also shows me the basic things that are in the refrigerator as well that doesn't need to have that level of degrees of coldness. He literally says, for the things that you operate in day to in and day out, that's the refrigerator portion. He said, but the stuff that's in the freezer, this is the stuff that he has to put in the freezer because it is necessary that these things come forth when there's great struggles. You guys got that, right? Mm-hmm. I can say it in another way. He says, say it like this. You put things on ice to be more refreshing, right? He says, so So the great wisdom, meaning the divine wisdom that he has on the inside of you, he puts it on ice to bring forth great wisdom. So when you know how you have that pop-up moment? You're like, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God. Well, that came from the freezer part of your mind. <laughs> a reserve, like, like a reserve, yeah. Exactly. Uh-huh. <laughs> and then the day-to-day stuff is the day-to-day stuff is the stuff you pull in and out all, all day long that you know what to do. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, so if it's reserved for wisdom, if the heart is reserved for wisdom, that means we're supposed to be growing in wisdom at all times. Not letting it thaw okay? out. Exactly. 
There, ah, there she go. Not letting it stop. <laughs> there you go. Mm-hmm. Do you get it? Exactly. And we let it fall off and then it melts away. Mm-hmm. Now you guys see it? Thank you, precious. Yeah. And usually the stuff that you have in the freezer is the good stuff. It's the expensive meats and such. Yeah. But he said, as I'm looking at the notes here, it says, especially from the perspective of a new covenant, which promises a new heart. Okay? Mm-hmm. So a new covenant gives you a new heart. And so that means the new heart is full of wisdom. Come on. Come on. Wow. That's so true because it's like when coming to Christ immediately, it's like you just understand more. It's like your eyes open. It's like, oh my gosh, this is making more sense. So, but a new heart is worth keeping. A new heart is worth worth preserving because you literally say, "I want that stuff going on on the inside of me," mm-hmm. even though we're we're trying to preserve the heart. We really look at it trying to preserve our life. I no longer want to be entangled with this. I no longer want to do this. I don't even want to be around people that do this because I want to preserve my heart. What you're literally saying, I got wisdom, and I know the wisdom that I have is worth cherishing. Mm -hmm. So the places where I used to go, I no longer go. The things that I used to do, I no longer do. Because the heart literally says, wait a minute, and then you do everything in your power to guard it in the way you guard it by not going back to some of the places that you were there. Because you remember how the heart felt. He said, say that again. You remember how the heart felt. He said, when it was bleeding out from the struggle. And so this new heart you have, you're going to do everything in your power to maintain and preserve it. Because in the center of it is wisdom. Mm-hmm. And you don't want it to fall out. Yeah. Here, 
With all diligence, this applies, implies that it isn't easy to guard or keep one's heart. Mm-hmm. There will be many opportunities to give our heart to a person or a path that wisdom would warn us against. As Satan keeps special watch here, so must we keep special watch as well. If the citadel is taken, the whole town must surrender. If the heart is captured, the whole, the whole man, affection, desires, motive, pursuits will be handed over. For out of it springs the issue of life. There is great reward to the one who guards their heart keeping it for wisdom, as in Proverbs 4, 21. They enjoy life flowing from their heart like a pleasant and bountiful water spring. The unguarded heart sees a choking of restriction to the joy and pleasantness of life. The metaphor implies, according to not only that life has its fountains in the heart, but also that the direction which it takes is determined by the heart. One of the great enticements to the way of the wicked, Proverbs 4:19, is that it is fun, pleasant, and will bring some sense of happiness. This is a lie. The same God who designed and created us is the God who guides us in and through his commands. Through it may not be, though it may not be immediately or instinctively apparent, his commands are for our happiness and good. So guarding the heart with all diligence may mean saying a temporarily painful no to excitement and enticements on the way of the wicked and the overall results is happiness, joy, and pleasantness. It is the wellspring of life in that the capacity to live with joy and vigor ultimately comes from within and not from circumstances. The corrupt heart draws one down to the grave, but wisdom protects the heart from the corruption. If we pollute the wellspring, the infection will spread. Before long, hidden appetites will become open sins and public shame. Put away from you a deceitful mouth and put perverse lips far from you. Let your eyes look straight ahead. 
and your eyelids look right before you. Honor the path of your feet and let all your ways be established. Do not turn to the right or the left. Mm -hmm. Remove your foot from evil. Put away from you a deceitful mouth to stay on the path of the just. One must give attention to what they speak. Deceitful and perverse words are used to cover deceitful and perverse action and lead one further along the way of the wicked. If one could actually never speak in an impure or perverse way and determine to never do things that must be covered with a deceitful mouth, they would go a long way to avoiding the works of the wicked. Righteousness will control the tongue, avoiding twists and crooked speech. This is the next logical step, for words flow out of the heart. Superficial habits of talk react on the mind, so that the cynical chatter, fashionable grumbles, flippancy, half-truths barely meant in the first place, hearten into well-established habits of thought. Let your eyes look straight ahead. We often depart the path of the just out of distraction. The blinders used on the horse do them much good and would do many of us good as well. Jesus said if we will be fit for his kingdom, we must keep our eyes forward, not distracted side to side or backwards. Luke 9, 16. To ponder the path. I know I didn't I read a lot, but I think we all got a lot in it. Uh, we all got a lot in the midst of all of that, and so it's so important that we stop to listen to all that. Do you guys hear all of that? Mm-hmm. It made you stop to think. It made you stop to even pay attention to your heart and to understand the need for uh, guarding. I think as he began to read, this is corruption of the heart. I didn't realize how much Proverbs speaks of the heart. It had so many things that the heart contends with that it makes you stop to think. We need to really understand where wisdom resides and really begin to protect the wisdom that God has given us. Mm-hmm. He says, say to him this. He says, I'm always with you. And he says, and there's never a time that he is not seeking to cleanse us. He said, even before you even desire to cry out for help, he says, I'm already washing you, cleansing you, and restoring the things that you never would have known would have affected you. 
And then he just shows me the word constantly grooming us. I see the word grooming us, meaning I see words grooming us. It's like giving me a haircut. It's like somebody's doing, you know how you create these machines that, you know, does whatever? And it gives you a haircut. It does everything for you. I, I see that. The best way I can describe that, the Lord shows me like the cartoons, the Jetsons that all of us knows about where it would just automatically come and take care of him and take care of everything that he needs, had his clothing and everything in alignment. The Lord says that's what the word does. It comes in and it it, it, it cleanses you and puts you in, in right standing at all times. And he said, you must see this. And he just literally says to me to say to you guys that he cares for you. And then he's saying to me, like he's telling me to be, be still. I know you're off track. And he's telling me, be still, all is fine. Like, oh, Lord, I wanted to finish this off. He's like, be still, all is fine. He said they needed to hear and understand the conditions of their heart in order for them to begin to preserve what I've given them. And then he goes on to say, precious question was for everybody. I know. (laughs) (laughs) So he said, so it led me down the road to help you. And so Rashida going back, how do you help your family? By guarding your heart. By guarding your heart, by not allowing what other people speak hinder you or them. Yeah, I was thinking that after you guys explained that to me. yeah, I was just thinking about conversations that I have with my mom and how I can't let, let it affect me anymore. Yeah. And you can't let what affecting her part affect you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. And so I was just asking a guy like how to like navigate that because I know she leans to me because I'm the only other parent in the family. And I know she's looking for support in that area, but at the same time, it's draining. If you get what I'm saying, so I just I'm just gonna seek the Lord on how to like navigate that because she comes to me a lot. I mean, I'll, I'll hear her out, but at the same time, it's very draining because I don't know what to do about it. I I, I need to say something because sometimes we 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 don't see, but yet we see. Mm-hmm. We will always handle, even though we say we're not biased, but we are. Mm-hmm. We will always handle children that does not come from our own flesh differently. Yeah. And to really get her to see that, that will help her. Okay. 
Hopefully that makes sense to you, what I just said. Yeah, it makes sense to me. Um, I used to say that a very long time ago, but it was a, de a denial there, but now it's coming out that it's exactly what I said, but there's not an admittance of it. So it's kind of like, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how to, I don't know. And we're easy to want to get rid of them. Do you mm -hmm. get it? Yeah. We have less course. tolerance. We have less tolerance for mm -hmm. children that are not really considered to be from our womb. Mm -hmm. And we say we're not biased, but we are. Yeah. And that's what you're looking at. Hopefully mm -hmm. that helped you. Oh, yeah. Because I if know. you understand that, then you understand how to help her because she's not really saying that. She's really saying it without telling you, these kids ain't even my kids and they're disrespecting me more than anything. Mm-hmm. But she's not going to say it out of her mouth that way. Yeah, I know. Because she would never want you to believe that she doesn't see them as her own. Yeah. But yet, they've always felt they haven't been their own. Because mm -hmm. even though we, we try to cover that up, the heart speaks. Yep. The heart speaks. So you can say, I love you as my own, but your heart is speaking constantly what's really going on. And them kids have felt the heart speaking, so they know the difference. And so she's trying to camouflage what's reality. And what yeah. she really needs to do is let them go. Because the answer to all of this is let them go. But because there's some other things and other dynamics that she looks at financially that she's trying to hold on to, uh, it, it's something that she needs to just let go. Mm -hmm. I'm just being real. Let go. Yeah. Okay, solve this one. You got to give this one over to God. Oh, yeah. Okay. Okay. So I'm going to have... Bradley, since you've been on the line, can you bless us? And add whatever so we can close out because I know we didn't have a real message, but I, I think we had enough that helped us. Robbie, are you still there or are you just a person on the line? Robbie, can you hear us? There we go. That was you. Robbie! Okay, I'm gonna leave it. Amanda, can you pray us out? Yeah. Abba, we thank you for this time coming together, and I I praise you for this word that went forward in helping us to decipher and discern um, and understand our hearts and our minds and how they speak. Um, thank you even now for taking away the lusts that uh, have been holding us captive. And we just, the ones that you convicted us of, that you showed us even in this message, we just hold it out to you and we allow you to take that immediately. 
in Jesus' name. And I thank you for the freedom and the peace that comes um, as a result of us just letting that go. Uh, thank you for your wisdom that you're also planting and instilling on us, on the inside of us, every time we're coming together. And just that we would have um, an even greater wisdom and insight going throughout our weeks and days and um, a recognition of these things that try to spring up and speak to us and take us captive, uh, that we would be able to shut it down immediately and recognize um, the tactics of the enemy and be able to fully rely and depend on you. I bless everyone this evening um, and uh, everyone who traveled there, that they have traveling mercies, and pray that there's a peaceful evening in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Bye. If God is building top quality faith in your life through this ministry, we pray that you will partner with us by giving. You can visit our website, tqfm.org. Also, remember to subscribe for more messages like this.